Welcome to another inspiring podcast from C3 New Hope. For more information about our church and its locations, please visit our website at c3newhope.com.au. Um, today we're going to look at, so we're in another, this is probably the last week we're going to look at the spiritual gifts. And so uh, this week we're actually going to look at the power gifts as, as um some call them, which is faith, healing, and miracles. So we're going, to, we're going to try and do my best to cover that and see where God takes us. Because I don't want it to all be very heady. I want us to get a little bit of information, but I want us more to shift into that zone of believing and, and, and desiring the gifts, because all these gifts are for us. God has given them to us to use and to be able to uh, activate in our world. They are spiritual equipment, as Pastor Phil Pringle says, that God has given us to use. So as Christians, we should desire these gifts to be used in our life. Um, so let's come with me to 1 Corinthians uh, 12, and we'll just, just read a scripture, then we'll move forward. It says this, says, Now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. It's always helpful to know that what God gives us is for good. We're not to use it for evil. Um, that's always just a little thing to be, to be mindful of. Someone uses it for evil, you want to walk away from it, not walk towards it. To one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge by the means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing and by the one Spirit. And to another, miraculous powers to another prophecy, to another distinguishing between spirits and to another uh, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And we talked about the different kinds of tongues a few weeks back and what they were. I won't ask you just in case you can't remember, but I could remind you, but I'm not going to because I don't have it in front of me either. (laughs) There is uh, other tongues, angelic tongues, and tongues. What was the third one? Can't remember. Anyway. <laughs> and all these are the work of the one and the same spirit. And he distributes them to each of us just as he determines. So we're going to look at the gift of faith. The found, the, just to draw it back a little bit, touch on it a little bit more, remembering the foundation of the spiritual gifts and the use of the spiritual gifts, the foundation is love, Right. All that God does, all that we should be doing should be coming out of a place of love for people. These gifts are not just for our own entertainment. These are the spiritual equipment that God has given us to build His church. This is not just for people sitting in here today. We want to be empowered by them, but not so that we can just prophesy to each other and lay hands on each other. And yes, we're going to do that, but, but, but there's a bigger meaning and a bigger purpose behind why God wants to give us the spiritual gifts. And that is to reach lost souls for Christ. The greatest miracle in the world is a lost person coming to Christ for the first time. Someone coming to salvation is the greatest miracle of, that you could ever, ever see and ever be a part of. And we should have that heart for people and believe that God wants to bring people into His kingdom because salvation is such an amazing miracle. It's so hard to sometimes understand how it works, but, but the fact that it takes literally salvation is the process of taking someone out of the kingdom of hell and delivering them into the kingdom of heaven. I'm like, amazing. 
miraculous power to do that, to save a soul, that, that, and that's what Jesus does. So, um, so we're going to look at the gift of faith, the gift of faith. The gift of faith is the ability to believe for positive results under impossible circumstances. So what we deem as being impossible, God has given us faith to believe that all things are possible for God. That there is nothing that we can face in this world that is not, that is impossible for God to shift or change. It's possible. Well, why doesn't it happen? Well, there's probably many reasons we don't understand why some things happen, some things don't happen, and we probably never will understand it completely until we stand before God and we're able to ask that question. But the reality is God wants us to be in a posture and a position to believe that all things are possible for him who believes. That faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Faith in itself has a mystery attached to it because of believing something that hasn't physically, tangibly come to pass yet. So I'm believing for a breakthrough. I'm believing for healing. I'm believing for financial breakthrough. But when I look, it's not there. When I see my bank account, the money's not there, but I'm believing, I'm believing and believing for this breakthrough. And that's what faith does. Faith dictates the terms according to God's Word. Faith is fueled off the Word of God. God's Word is the fuel, the fuel our faith to believe that God is able to do immeasurably more than we can think or even ask. Faith believes God. It believes His promises. It believes that God is able, despite whether others believe with us or not, when we are in faith, we are believing God is able. You will find when you're in faith, when you, you come into that place of faith, that, that, that there can be opposing voices to what you're believing for. Sometimes it's because the person that you're talking to, they've had no success in seeing a breakthrough in their world. And so they can't physically believe for you either because they just... You know, disappointment or, or whatever might be in their heart. But the reality is that faith breaks down those walls. Faith breaks down that opposition. Faith lives beyond even the opinion of other people. And that's why you'll see people believing for big things and other people going, whatever, <laughs> you're not going to see that happen or whatever. But, but the reality is, 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 is God works according to our faith. Faith is the language of heaven. That's how we should talk to God. Believing, For one must believe that God exists and that He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him, the Bible says. <laughs> it's my echo. <laughs> echo, echo, echo. <laughs> so the Word of God is the food that feeds the faith, the gift of faith in us. We can activate this gift at any time. We could be facing a difficult situation. We could be facing a problem in our world and we just need to go to faith. You hear people say, you need to go to faith. And it's like going to that place of activating the gift of faith from the Holy Spirit. Saying, I'm choosing right now to flick on the switch and believe that God is gonna do something in this situation, even though it looks impossible even though it looks like it's not going to happen, even though the doctor or someone told me it's impossible for that to take place, I am trusting that God is going to do something in my world and I will keep believing until I see it come to pass. Yeah. How long will that take, Dave? I don't know. How long's a piece of string? 
That's the problem. That's the problem sometimes with the promise of God is there's no delivery date, right? So we go, well, I'm believing, but God, I live in a drive-through world. I live in the world where there's a microwave and an electric kettle. I want things and I want it now. And God goes, no, just wait. Often God is not saying no, He's saying wait. And we interpret wait as no because we interpret no as it's not happening, so it mustn't going to happen. But God's saying wait, the timing is not right, but it will happen at the right time in the right moment. Sometimes God does say no, don't get me wrong. If you say to the Lord, Lord, can you kill my neighbour because he plays his music too loud, God's going to go, no, sorry, that's not the will of God for his life. I didn't want to put a name to it, but I'm just going to step aside a little bit just in case there's a crack of lightning. <laughs> You're going to lead her to the Lord. Amen. He doesn't believe it yet. He doesn't believe it either. <laughs> yes, yeah, well, it's going to take a miracle, but it's going to take faith as well. So let's look at some principles of faith. In Psalms 116, it says, I believe, therefore I said, or therefore I spoke. So faith's first expression is speech. You will know somebody's in faith by the way they speak. They speak differently to the world because they believe something that isn't tangibly there yet, but in their mind's eye, they can see it. They can see the reality of what they're believing for and they believe it. And when you believe something, you will speak it. Whether it's good or negative, positive or negative, you will speak it, no matter what it is, because there is a principle that God has put in place that what we believe will come out of our mouth. So if you ever wanna know what someone believes or ever know what someone's like, all you have to do is wait and listen because they will be revealed through their words on what kind of person they are. Because it's, a, it's just a principle of life that what we believe we will speak. Faith speaks to circumstances and commands changes. So what are you facing right now that looks impossible? What are you facing that you need a breakthrough in? Because the first expression of faith will be speak it out, talk to the mountain, speak to it and tell it to change. And when it doesn't change, you tell it to change. You tell it, you come to the Word of God, you draw a promise out of the Word of God and you stand on that promise and you speak it and 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 speak it. And someone says, oh, what are you doing? I'm speaking the promises. What are you doing that for? I'm going to speak it. You should, it's not working. Yes, it is, it's working. But where is it? I don't know, but I know God's able. So I'm just going to keep speaking it. I'm going to keep saying it. Why? Because faith speaks. When faith hears the Word of God, there are a few things that we must do so that we are not hindering the gift of faith that God has given us, that the Holy Spirit has given us. The first is we have to believe it. We have to believe the promise that God has given us. First step. You can't, if you don't believe it, then good luck trying to see it come to pass because you have to believe. Second, you have to receive it. And I'm not talking about in your hands, I'm talking about in here. 
I believe it. I believe it so much, it's already existing inside of me. Because that's what faith is. It lives in us. What we're believing for lives in us. It's there. Then we have to see it, have vision for it. Once again, maybe not physically, but when I close my eyes and I go into faith sight, because we see by faith, not by sight, I can see the promise. I can see it. There it is in front of me. I believe it, Lord. I believe it's possible. Then we must speak it. And the last thing we must do, so we do not hinder the gift of faith that God has given us, is act on it. Act on it. Faith requires action. Faith requires action. Well, I'm believing God's going to financially bless me. Great. That's amazing. I'm believing it's going to turn up on my letterbox. That's great. But you know what? Your boss is saying, here's some overtime. Is that the blessing of God? Maybe. Maybe it might be, hey. Maybe sometimes people are sitting back waiting for a check in the mail and they're saying no to all this overtime at work where there was no overtime before you started praying and you're not seeing that that's the blessing of God for your life. Maybe. It's not to say that God can't deliver something in the mail. It's possible. It's happened. We've heard stories about it. But does he do that all the time? No, he doesn't. It's about understanding how God is going to bring things into our life and seeing things for what they are. Oh, well, that couldn't be God. I have to work harder. Well, Adam had to tend the garden, didn't he? Jesus worked. Without these things activated in our world, we'll hinder the gift of faith that God has for us. These things will block. If we don't believe, we're blocking faith. If we won't receive it, we're blocking faith. If we don't see it, we're blocking faith. If we don't speak it, we're blocking faith. If we don't act on it, we're blocking faith. These steps, these principles are key to operating in the gift of faith from the Holy Spirit. Often everything that we do with God is a partnership. It's God and us. He doesn't override us. He doesn't take control of us. We submit ourselves to him, but we still have our ability to operate with him. And so there are things that we can do with God to see things come to pass. It's not just about God taking his magic wand and going, abracadabra, Josh, you're now whatever you're believing for. Sometimes it just doesn't work that way. Often we have to partner with God and God will ask us to do things and those things will be steps of faith. So, you know, it could be a number of things. It might be financially, it might be, God, I'm believing for a breakthrough and God goes, well, I want you to go to your neighbour and I want you to give them some money. I want, to, I want you to go buy some food for them. And God's saying, can you do that for me? And sometimes we don't equate that and don't tie it to this and so then we don't realise that these things are all connected because God is asking us to take a step of faith because faith moves, it's active, it's got action that it's attached to it. So you've got to be listening, you've got to be discerning. The second gift we're going to look at here today, and, and the reason I really wanted to touch on faith is because faith is a, is, is a um, major element of the next two gifts, which is healing 
and miracles. So what I love about the Bible is it says gifts of healing, not gift of healing. It's plural. And why would, you, why would it say that? Why would it say gifts of healing? See, often when we're in church, what we do is we equate healing with a physical healing, which is not wrong because that is part of it, right? But there are actually three areas of healing in our lives, three areas of healing. There's the physical healing, which, you know, I've got a broken leg and I need to heal. There's emotional healing and there's spiritual healing. This morning while I was at Campbelltown, I felt God lead me into this place of emotional healing, talking to people about the wounds that they've received from, you know, interactions and manipulation or whatever it may be from their past where they've been wounded and that God wanted to bring healing to the wound. And, you know, the reason why we keep having problems is because, because we can't heal something ourselves. We need God to heal it. And every time we see that person, the wound rips open and all the toxic stuff comes out again. And so there was all these people that responded on an altar call because they wanted to be free from that thing. So there's three areas of emotional healing, mental, mental healing, physical healing. Did I say mental healing? What did I say? Emotional, physical, and spiritual. Well, there's mental healing as well. Let's add another one. <laughs> but I would sort of slot that into the emotional zone. I was saying to someone the other day, I believe if Jesus was here today, he'd be hanging out with the mentally ill people. It's like mental illness is like, leprosy is no longer, but mental illness is now here. And I believe without doubt that that's where Jesus would be. Because we've got a world where one in five people experience depression or a mental health issue in their life. One in four, anxiety. You know, I was, I was looking at a stat the other day and like one third of pastors have thought, in Australia in the last year, have, in the last two years, have thought of leaving the ministry. One third of pastors in the country. And they cited family pressures, depression and other issues like that as their reasons why. What do we need? We need a move of emotional healing. There are people suffering in their mind, in their emotions, in their soul. And maybe we've missed the point a little bit in the church sometimes because we focus so much on physical healing that God can heal that broken leg. God can heal that earache. God can heal that cancer, which is all true. Don't get me wrong. That sometimes we miss that some of the greatest illnesses in the room are not visible. Some of the greatest wounds are spiritual wounds, right? Where somebody has been spiritually abused, spiritually mistreated by a, a pastor or a leader or, or another Christian and they've been manipulated by the word, they've been manipulated by the gospel, they've been manipulated by religion and they're wounded. And every time they come into an environment where there's church authority, they put the walls up because, well, can I trust? I don't think I can trust this person. I don't think I can trust this pastor because the last pastor I had, he did this and, it, and there's a gaping wound in their heart that needs to be healed. And Jesus instructed his disciples to move in these gifts. And this instruction is for us today as well. See, healing's not just here for us to be healed, but the gift of healing is to come on us to go and see others be healed. There's two sides of the coin. Of course, God wants to heal us as believers, but He also wants to heal those that are yet to be in the room. 
And we have to understand as Christians that there's always going to be that element to our Christian faith that involves people we don't know, people God wants to reach. There is a mandate on us to go and make disciples, to go and reach people for Christ. That is just part of the Christian faith. And we just have to embrace that and accept the fact that sometimes, yes, we're going to be uncomfortable and we're not going to, that's right, we're not going to have the words to speak, are we? But yet, God is saying, I want you to go and do it. Why? Because it's not up to one evangelist to go out and win everybody. Bible tells us that we should go and do the work of the evangelist. It says that Timothy did the work of the evangelist, but Timothy wasn't an evangelist. He was a pastor. He didn't have the gift of evangelism on him. He was a pastor. He had the gift of pastoring. But yet he still went and did the work of the evangelist. These gifts are available to us. So when we come across somebody that is sick, we can say, oh, hang on a minute. I'll go get my pastor and I'll come back. No. So hang on a minute. Let me pray for you. Can I pray for you? And they go, yeah, because often when people are really unwell, they just want to be well. And they'll do whatever it takes to get well. I haven't met anyone yet that's having a mental health crisis that doesn't want you to pray for them. I'm sure they're probably out there somewhere, but everyone I've ever encountered, can I pray for you? Yeah, please pray for me. Please pray for me and stop the voices. Please pray for me and stop this terrible feeling. I can't do it. I can't, I can't change it. Please pray for me and help me to not have suicidal thoughts. People are desperate. What do you think they go to? Clairvoyance. Because they're desperate for answers to things they have no answers for. And here we are with all the answers right before us. Well, that's what... <laughs> Jesus said in, in Matthew 10 and 8, he said, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons, freely you have received, freely give. Freely God has given us the gifts of the Holy Spirit and we are meant to use them for the good of others. Oh, I've got story after story of people I've prayed for, healings in Australia, where people have just, you know, there was one lady, Bev, she's no longer with us anymore. She died some years ago. Actually, the year I came to take this church on, she was in our previous church, Bev Weir, and she passed away just after I'd finished and flown to New Zealand for a holiday before I started in this church. And she was a beautiful woman of God, beautiful woman of God, had such a heart for God. And I remember one time she come to me and she said, oh, I have severe arthritis. She was on like six osteo tablets a day or something. And she had arthritis where she couldn't bend over. She used to love gardening, but she could no longer garden. And, uh, and she come forward. I had an altar call for healing. She came forward and she said, oh, this is what's going on. She used to have to sit on like a cushion thing because her tailbone was so sore from the, from the pain. And she come forward and I prayed. we prayed for her. And, 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 you know, not much happened in that moment, but we prayed for her and she went home and then she comes back the next week and she says, oh, Pastor, you would not believe it. I said, what? what's going on, Bev? And she goes, I have had no pain. I haven't had to take any tablets and I've been kneeling down on my knees, gardening and, and she was doing, all the pain had left her body. 
Unbelievable. Like, I'm just like, really? Because the prayer was not impressive. Like, it wasn't like I was like wielding imaginative words. It was very simple. Lord, could you heal Bev of the arthritis that's in her body? And we proclaimed that healing over her. And we said, amen. It's pretty much it. And God heals her. When I was in the Philippines oh, some years ago now, I haven't been to the Philippines for a while, um, we were in a conference, there was probably, I don't know, four or 500 pastors and leaders in, in the conference. And I remember uh, Pastor Jake that I was with asked me to get up and he gave, I'll do a session. So I got up and, and we, I started talking about healing and, and then I got a word of knowledge. Right, so the gift and the word of knowledge came. And I said, there's somebody here today and you've got terrible pain down your spine and in your neck. And, and there was hundreds of people in the room. And I said, if that's you, can you come forward? You know, and so, so I'm like, oh, I couldn't see anyone. There was no one sort of coming forward. And then all of a sudden down the back, there's this girl and she had a neck brace on and she was like, someone was holding her, helping her walk forward. And a week before, or two weeks before the conference, she'd had a car accident and, and it severely hurt her back and she was in terrible pain. She's coming up to the altar in tears and, and she's the, pers- like the person with her said, oh, look, she, she's in terrible pain. Um, the doctor's haven't been able to do anything for us. She's had this neck brace on. and Anyway, she comes up on the stage and, and I'm like, holy moly, God, you better do something here because I'm going to look like a fool. <laughs> hey, come forward for healing. And if she doesn't get healed, I'm kind of like, that's pretty scary kind of stuff. But thankfully, it wasn't on me. All I had to do was do what God asked me. And I remember she came forward and, and, she, and, and I prayed for her. I didn't even have to ask her what she needed healing for. You could see. And she was just like, you could tell she's in pain. She couldn't stand up straight. She was just really, really, you know, severely hurt. And, and then I just started praying. I said, Lord, could you, you know, heal her body, take the pain out of her back, straighten the spine, whatever it is, Lord, that's happening, can you heal it? Anyway, so we pray for her and then she's sitting there and she starts, she's crying. And I'm like, oh, no, it's worse. I've done something wrong. I've probably broke her even more. And I'm like, are you okay? And she goes, yeah, yeah, a big smile coming to face. I said, what's, what's going on? And she goes, and she kind of stood up like straight. And she goes, I don't have any pain in my back. And I'm like, really? Because I was kind of a bit surprised. Like, and, and I'm like, because God's awesome, right? He just does things and you go, how did that even happen? Like, I don't even understand it properly. But um, anyway, so then she goes, oh, and I said, well, could, you know, can you move around? Like, Tell me if it's... So she starts walking back and forward on the stage and she's just like like normal walking. And I was just like, this is unbelievable. And we prayed and, and she, so she starts laughing and all this stuff. Anyway, then she... she had, so we sort of finished that and we moved on in the service. And then after the service, she come up to me and she, the person with her wasn't helping her walk. She still had a neck brace on. And I said, well, you need to go to the doctor and you need to get a checkup. Because you understand that healing, healing can be tested. Like we often go, oh, well, that person shouldn't need their medication anymore. I never tell people to go off their medication. I never tell people to I don't, take off your cast. I don't care. Because what I tell them is like, go to the doctor and let the world prove that God has done something in your life. Well, I don't, I'm, to me, it's like God's healing can stand testing. And, and, and the reality is when they go to the doctor and the doctor says, why are you here? There's nothing wrong. 
then there's a testimony. And, and that's amazing. But don't ever think healing can't be tested. It, can't, it can be tested. It should be tested. We shouldn't be trying to fabricate something. I remember hearing this guy talk about one year with an American guy. He was, he, he was only a young pastor and he did a, um, he was at a conference. Anyway, he got this guy come up in a wheelchair and so he prayed over this guy in the wheelchair. And, and then he's like, you've got to get out of your wheelchair. And the guy couldn't get out of his wheelchair because he wasn't healed. So he grabs him and he's slung him over his back and he's dragging him back and forth on the altar. But the reality was this guy never got healed. He was still stayed in his wheelchair. So it was a really terrible moment for this pastor and he probably got in trouble. I don't know exactly what happened. But, but we don't need to fake it, right? If that person's going to get healed, God, if we stand in the gap, God's going to do something. And, and, and we don't have to go, oh, well, nothing's happened, so let's fake it now because I'll look bad. Because there's nothing to do with me. It's not my reputation, all right? This is on God. And uh, I'm just his servant. So, so I'm, I just, I don't like fake stuff. <laughs> it drives me crazy. Anyway, there's lots of stories I could tell you. I think I told you a story about the old man last week who had had a stroke. Did I tell me that last week? I think I did. He lost half the feeling in his body and we prayed for him and he got it all back. That was interesting. Come in in a walking stick and left with no walking stick. But there's many, many more, many more. And I'm sure you've probably got some yourself. The third thing is the gift of miracles. You realise God's in the business of miracles? Miracles reveal God's power and ability to change the unchangeable. Right? So a miracle... A healing would be I've got a broken leg and I need the bone to be healed. A miracle would be I've lost my leg and I need it to grow back. <laughs> Pretty obvious miracle. There is no leg there to heal and I need it to grow back. <laughs> that would be a miracle. And there are many other areas of miracles, financial, relational, there's lots of miracles. My marriage is completely destroyed, but God did a miracle and we're back together. And I've heard story after story like that where God's moved on people's broken marriages and all sorts of things, you know. I always remember a great mentor of mine saying, when I was a youth pastor, he said, don't just teach people about God. Show them his power. And the reason we're able to go beyond head knowledge and show them God's power is because the Holy Spirit has given us the gifts of the Spirit. That's where the power lies. So if someone needs healing, pray for them. Why? Because God can heal them. If somebody needs encouraging, prophesy over them. Why? Because that encouraging word can transform their life. If someone needs, if someone needs faith, then get in, a gift of, get in that space a gift of faith and lay hands on them and pray for them because they can receive that through the Holy Spirit. God will get it to us to get it through us to others. And so we have this mandate show them his power we hope you've been encouraged by this message for more information about C3 New Hope and its locations please visit our website at c3newhope.com.au